Welcome to Pop Sugar Rush. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we're recording and pay respects to elders past and present. Pop Sugar Rush is brought to you by Prime Video. Sign up now to watch all the series and movies you'll love, like Gen V, the new spin-off series of The Boys, or Wilderness, a psychological revenge thriller that'll leave you guessing with every turn. Hello! Welcome back to Pop Sugar Rush. Wow! Sorry, I'm feeling musical today. <laughs> I'm Jackson. And I'm Star. And we are once again back to give you all the pop culture goodness faster than I can tell. Stan Twitter to stop using AI images to <gasps> diss our face. Yes, okay. I'm glad you're bringing this up because when I was doing research for this episode, I kept mm-hmm. coming across all these tweets and I'm like, that is not real. That's I don't want to see real. your AI concept art for a potential album that doesn't exist. I mean, the one I saw on the way here was Wendy Williams smoking a vape with the late Princess Diana. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on very different algorithms. How are you? I'm great. I am great. How are you? I am thriving. Thriving. You're in holiday mode. I am on holiday. Little do you guys know. I am out of the... I was going to say out of the country. Not true. <laughs> I am flying to Brisbane for a week. Bris Vegas. Bris Vegas. The Europe of the East Coast, <laughs> some might say. Just have to say, make sure you check the time before you go because um, it actually has just changed over to daylight savings in Sydney. And I am suffering from daylight savings jet lag. So Once again, Star <laughs> is suffering from jet lag. That doesn't is not real. <laughs> it's a real... Daylight savings jet lag is a real issue. It really rocks me every time. I've been doing this game for 29 years, and I still get stuffed around by daylight savings. The kids don't even know. <laughs> Jawbreakers, bits from the internet that made us OMG IRL. So we had another big week in the world of reality TV, streaming and celebrity news. It really, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and I keep getting more scared because, <laughs> like, You know, if we have a quiet week, we're not really going to have a job, so it's good that the celebs mm, are kind of doing what they're meant to. Perspective. You're yeah. right, you're right. Well, speaking of... <laughs> Quiet weeks. Do you know who didn't have a quiet week? Who? The Kardashian <gasps> Jenner fam, or as I... we we affectionately call them here, the Clenners. <laughs> um, so I just want to read you this headline. This is from Vanity Fair, and this is like this made me laugh. For a story that I actually don't find that funny, but like <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into the weeds. Um, this headline's from Vanity Fair, um, and this really made me laugh, especially about a topic that I didn't find that funny as it was as I was watching it play out. Is anyone going to stop Courtney and Kim Kardashian from going group chat scorched earth? <laughs> is that a headline? That is a headline. From... It's giving tweet energy, not a headline. Well, I mean, you know, same thing these days, basically. <laughs> but this is a Vanity Fair headline. Um, I, we all saw that Kim Kardashian and Courtney Kardashian have once again got into a tiff. And it has been captured for the world to see. In the very first episode of season four of The Kardashians. It is. Well, first of all, like, they're probably cheering because they're like, oh, oh, people will watch this season. But (laughs) (laughs) second of all, do you like it when reality TV, like, feels a little too real? Like, gets too real? And I mean that in the sense that, like, when siblings fight, I don't just, I don't like, I don't like watching that on television. It makes me feel uncomfortable. So, in case you haven't tuned in yet, the new season of The Kardashians has aired on Disney Plus, season four, and within the very first few minutes of the first episode, Kim is getting absolutely sprayed by Courtney over the phone. She is getting a shit rocked. <laughs> 
Rocked. So it's the residual beef, we can call it, from season yeah. three that is now carried into season four. And it was really full on to be watching that. Really full on. Um, they're, collect- they're two women. Their collective age is about 90. Um, <laughs> so that's just really interesting to see how some people mature and some people do not. Um but it made me feel so uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I agree. For those who haven't seen it, it's basically like Courtney has, you know, she's often expressed that she doesn't want to be a part of this she'd brand like to, anymore. She'd like to be excluded from the narrative. Yeah, um, and yet she's still always there, so make that make sense. <laughs> and Kim goes completely rogue and just says, everyone in your life hates you and we will talk about you in a group chat, which is like so beyond high school to me. But to watch it happen between siblings, it just makes me feel so like, oh, like you're going to get over this because they will. They literally have like millions of dollars invested that they stay in touch. Um, but... I don't want to watch that. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. The thing that stood out to me was, like, the thing that was clear, Courtney would kind of say they had resolved their arguments, but then they have to then go and watch the edits because they're all executive producers Mm. on the show. And it just made me think, imagine if you had to watch a playback of every single fight you've ever had with your sibling in your life. Like, I'm one of seven kids. Like, we would need a seven-hour film just for episode one of all of the fights. And that would just be so horrible to have to relive that. Exactly. And now we're watching it like we're watching stuff play out in real time when Courtney has I guess shown some alleged receipts being like um the not Courtney group chat is just my sisters and not me it's none of my friends or my kids (laughs) or like whatever the hell it just makes me uncomfortable and I don't want to see that on reality television what do you think the difference is looking back on older seasons of keeping up with the Kardashians when Kim and Courtney would literally have a physical fight and people are celebrating this as like one of the greatest fights in reality tv history is it the power of hindsight that allows us to go oh that's funny now maybe I mean the Kim and Courtney fight literally smacked the makeup (laughs) off of Kim's face onto the wall (laughs) Like, sorry, that if she wants to quit the Kardashians and join, like, the UFC, that is something she should seriously consider doing. But it's, like, it's there's, I think there's a level of childishness to it. Yeah. And these women are, like, mid to late 40s, have several children each, have a full, like, life lived. But they go back to this and it just feels so, like, bratty and... Uh, juvenile. That, and I'm just like, I just they're going to regret this. They're going to regret doing this. And that makes me not want to watch it. Yeah. Like, not in the sense that, like, I don't care, but it makes me the sense that, like, I cringe at how they're going to feel watching this. I also wanted to talk about the fact that, like, they allegedly, this alleged group chat exists, <laughs> literally called Not Courtney. There's a group chat exists that allegedly has all the siblings in it sans Courtney and then some of Courtney's friends. Yeah, a place where all of Courtney's friends can go to complain about Courtney and all of the things that she does. If I had found that out, that friends of mine had that about me, first of all, they would no longer be my friends. I remember, like, when I was in high school, like, Facebook groups were a thing. The gossip groups. Oh, my God, the anonymous gossip groups kept the school running. Um, But, like, really hurtful things would be said in there, and it would, like, obviously all be untrue and at the very least just be like super super like bully behavior Mm. and this was at the start when like the world was trying to figure out what cyberbullying like actually was and this stuff reminds me of that these are people who have had careers built on social media and have often expressed um the harm of cyberbullying i guess um because they're in the limelight for kim specifically to be a be a part of this group chat and b 
throw it in Courtney's face and see... For the world to see, I'm like, oh my God, that's repulsive behavior. The way that Kim tried to justify it as well, she said, we have, everybody has group chats about everybody. I'm like, do we? Like, do we have a Mm. not Chloe, not Chris? Like, it's not really a thing. And I think the fact that that is so normalized within their world, allegedly, Allegedly. is really crappy. Like you said, these are fully grown women and they're carrying on. A combined net worth of a gazillion dollars, surely you have other things to be worried about than whether... Someone's trying to copy your La Dolce Vita wedding. I got married in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that the actual episode title was what Courtney said to Kim as well, you're effing witch and I I effing hate you. Wow. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. Shakespeare could never. (laughs) Never. And Courtney also said to Kim, my happiness comes when I get the F away from from you guys, specifically you. It was just so savage. Oh, she was. Oh, there's like venom in that. Specifically, you, Kim. What does Chris think? Have we spoken to Chris about this? Is Chris like children stop, or is she like money? <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. I mean, I think like. A- <laughs> I mean, the two can coexist at the same time. Yeah. But I do think that the beef between Kim and Courtney will be a consistent storyline. Like, I mean, hopefully it's oh, not God just rinse and repeat bless. of the yeah. same thing over and over again. It's clear that these two have some big issues that they need to sort out. I know. I will be, if they put that therapy session to air, though, I will be tuned in. <laughs> It'll be like a pay-per-view one, yeah. though. It'll be a special <laughs> Oh, all right, hit me with your jawbreaker. My jawbreaker this week is that Beyonce, a.k.a. Mother, Mother. is coming Mother. out with a renaissance to a film. And she released a trailer to her Instagram on Monday night, Sydney time, sorry, jet lag, daylight saving, <laughs> with the caption, be careful what you ask for because I just might comply. And I feel like Queen B doesn't often write captions. You know, sometimes we just get the photo, we just get the post with no text underneath it. And so when she does write something, it just really adds to the whole experience. It does. Obviously, (laughs) if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I do not take any crap when it comes to Beyonce. I have had actual fights over my love of this woman and will continue (laughs) to fight. I will have... If Courtney Kardashian disses disses Beyonce (laughs) to me, I will be in that not Courtney group chat. Um, I am so excited, mainly because I guess the tour is not coming here, which, you know, I'll get over in therapy. Have some time to recover. Yeah, I know. But I feel like this concert film thing is becoming a thing Mm. and I'm into it. You're into it? I'm into it. I wasn't into it when... I (laughs) I was like, I'll get you. (laughs) I wasn't into it when Taylor Swift announced hers because she's releasing it ahead of when the tour finishes. Yeah, true. The Renaissance tour has allegedly wrapped. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with watching it because I'm not I'm not gonna get spoilers for it. Yeah, true. Right? Um I also think that the tour film experience like have we ever seen like a tour film uh, being put to cinema like the way it has been with this and the, with the eras to a film. No, I think we're definitely stepping into a new new era for that. I think um, it's like common for things to go to st- direct to streaming, streaming yeah. and that you know there's obviously a lot of hype around that and people get really excited. But mm-hmm. the whole message of the tour as well, and it's like celebrating art and celebrating individuality, and then to get to experience that not only in Australia but perhaps people who couldn't access the concert. It's what we mm. kind of spoke about with the Taylor Swift film as well. You know, it does make it more accessible to people who potentially yeah. couldn't get tickets. So I'm. 
I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I know. Well, with uh, Beyonce's previous film, Homecoming, she wrote <sighs> and directed that as well. So we just know she's an absolute powerhouse of a woman and it is going to be the sleigh to end all sleighs. To end all sleighs. <laughs> The Spoonful, serving up a taste of what everyone's streaming. This is a show everyone's been talking about. Everyone's been talking about it since it came out however many years ago. Sex Education. Such a great show. It's coming to an end. Or came to an end. It's done. Yeah. It's finito. Unless we get Sex Education Next Generation, which, like, frankly, will probably happen. Just going on the record, I will accept all spinoffs. We, I know we've chatted about spinoffs a lot on mm-hmm. this podcast, but I will accept a Sex Education spinoff. Interesting. We'll get into that later. That's, <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to unpack that. Um, but for, the, yes, for those who don't know, Sex Education, uh, the long-running, I guess, teen comedy series, it feels akin to Skins, um, is coming to an end after four pretty strong seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a show that has really produced stars. Like, half of this cast were in the Barbie movie. Yes. <laughs> but it has come to an end, and it feels like it, we've. it's been a while since we've had um, a show of this scale end. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone watches Sex Education because it's so different and refreshing. But... The, like, there are bigger shows that are out right now, but they haven't ended yet. Mm. And it's so interesting when a show ends because everyone discusses, like, oh, like, was it good? Did it do the show justice? Yada, yada, yada. Was it time for it to end? Should it have ended earlier? Do you think that – were you satisfied with the way Sex Education wrapped up? I loved it. And okay. I think that Sex Education is such a powerful show because I still remember when the first season came out and I think mm-hmm. it had so much, like, cultural impact. It did. And to have such strong seasons and then we get to the fourth, I think sometimes what happens with shows is that they just keep things going for a little bit too long. Yeah. And I'm aware that people sit on one of two sides with the ending of Sex Education. I personally really loved it and I thought that a lot of the storylines that we saw in the fourth season were really, really important. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. I think a lot of the characters that we absolutely have come to adore over the past four seasons as well did some really frustrating things that really pissed me off. But that's important to making a good show as well because it makes you reflect on yourself and the world around you too. Exactly. I didn't love this final season. Really? And it was largely because I did not like the way Otis treated Ruby throughout. And I haven't, I routinely haven't liked Otis. I think I'm going on the record. Otis is the most overrated character on Sex Education. I actually cannot stand him. What is it about him? Oh, he's just such a little twerp. <laughs> he's so annoying. <sighs> I find him so irritating. And I find he's one of those, like, we have to watch it through his POV mm. because that's, you know, I didn't write the show. Like, that's who they chose to tell the story. <laughs> you didn't write it. No. I'm not, sorry. <laughs> Spoilers out. It wasn't me. Um, but I just find him, like, I find his problems, and this is going to sound like, I'm the worst person alive, mm. which, like, you know, maybe true. Um, I had found his problems so much more insignificant compared to the stuff that his peers were going through. Yeah. And his peers were handling it just, like, better than he was. Like, he spent a large amount of this show campaigning for a therapist job at his new uni that, like, he just can't hack that someone might be better at what he does. Then you have people like Maeve, who goes through some really heavy stuff mm. this season, Eric, really heavy stuff. Amy is still dealing with what we saw her go through two seasons ago. And then you have Otis playing, like, school president. But I think that everyone's experience and trauma is relative to their own life experience, right? So I think that Otis is quite bratty in season four. There are so many moments where I was like, what are you doing? Like, look look around you. Look at what is happening right now. 
but he hasn't gone through the things that everyone else around him has. And I don't think that he tries to draw a direct comparison to say what Maeve is going no, through. No, yeah, I would agree. And one storyline I really enjoyed in season four was the tension in the friendship of Otis and Eric. And I yes. thought it was really great that they finally kind of brought to light the differences between them. And again, like I said before, their life experience as well, race, sexuality. And Otis, his reaction at first was so frustrating to yeah. me. And then as we progressed through into the final episode, I'm like, okay, at least there's resolution with this particular issue. Yeah, I think Eric is probably one of the best television characters we've had in a very long time. He's phenomenal. And I'm so happy with how everything worked out for him and the level of, without giving away spoilers, the level of realism that was given to his experience. Yeah. Um, granted, when the first like images of the show came out, they were like, first look at Shooty Gartwell in Sex Education. I was like, he looks 50. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a teenager anymore, hello. Um, but I think uh, Shooty Gartwell is such an unbelievable talent that he sort of imbues that character with so much um, depth and he's so much more than the effervescent, like, fun, sassy we all fell in love with. Like, wash your hands, you dirty pig. <laughs> like, from two seasons ago. He's so much more than that. And I actually feel like this season gave him space to not be as funny. Yeah. Which is great because now, like, he was allowed to explore stuff that was really heavy and he does go through some heavy, life-changing sort of incidents and they allowed him to, like, treat it with grace and um, poise and confidence, which I think is something we watched happen throughout the show as well. I have actually, so I wrapped season four and now I've actually gone back and have started re-watching season one. Wow. So she I was know, like, the I'm void, crazy. I can't do it without it. Yeah. I know, but even just seeing the comparison, like you just mentioned how much Eric has gone through over the past four seasons. Now going back to watching that, I think what's clear to me is that he has earned that as well. You know, yeah. when you watch a TV show or a film, sometimes you're like, no, the character hasn't earned this experience yet. That doesn't feel true to yeah. who they are. But for Eric, there's something so nostalgic about going back. And it's the same with Otis as well. You see these shy little awkward people who are getting so excited oh, about like so basic cringe, social interaction yeah. with the people around them. So it's been really strange for me to go back and have the contrast between season one and season four. And I just, yeah. overall, I feel there was definitely some frustrating elements and storylines and I think some things could have been done better. But overall, I think I feel really warm and fuzzy about how things ended. But maybe that's because I love the show so much. So I'm yeah. potentially a little bit biased about well, yeah. it. I mean, I think that like specifically when it comes to the women of sex education, <clears throat> I think one of the, and I will go on the record saying this, one of the best television scenes we've had since I've been alive is um, all the girls sitting at the back of that bus in season two after Amy went through what she went through. Yeah. And a song called 17 by Sharon Van Etten plays, and it is just the most beautiful, like, resounding thing. And season three didn't give me those moments, mm. and that's why I was a little disillusioned. And frankly, nor did season four. But... I think that the characters were wrapped up really effectively. Mm. They were wrapped up without corniness. Like, you know, no one realistically, like, held hands and skipped off into the sunshine. You know, there was very real life choices made mm. for these characters. I think that the show could have ended a season earlier. Mm. That being said, I was pretty happy with how it all wrapped up, even if I didn't love the show. If it, even if I didn't love the season throughout, if that makes sense. I think it also, a large part of it comes down to the fact that we've seen this cast do other things since the show has aired, mm. and it probably came to this point where they're probably a little over it. <laughs> yeah, they're all also, like, pushing 30 as I well. I know, so. like, hello, these people are not, like, teenagers, like, they're, like, 
bordering midlife crises. Um, Shudi Gatwa, Emma Mackey, and Connor Swindell, I think that's his name, were all in Barbie. Amazing. They were all in the biggest movie of the year and, like, of the decade, potentially. They don't want to do their silly little streaming show anymore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you think that that came across? Did you think that any of them were just sort of, like, getting a little over it? Because some key characters did not come back for season four. Namely, Simone Ashley, who... Yes. I feel like people are surprised that she was in sex education. I've never seen Bridgerton, so that's where I know her from. Neither have I. Um... No, she's not in it. And why? Because she's really famous and yeah. doesn't need to do, you know, be side B character in this show anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Did you feel that any of the actors were giving the vibe that they were over it? No, because I think that everyone was in the final season was a really important character. Like, I think that they needed True. to have their storyline kind of closed off at mm-hmm. least slightly so that everyone can move on with their life. Yeah. <laughs> there would have been riots. True, 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 Like, for true. example, if Otis just didn't come back for season four, we'd be like, um. I mean, you might be. Yeah, actually, you're <laughs> like, But I would have been like, finally, someone's read my letters. <laughs> um, but no, I think it all wrapped up well. And I'm excited to see what this talent, what this cast does next because I feel like this cast is like the opposite of Glee. So you know <laughs> Glee happened and like terrible things happened to that cast. Yeah. And, you know, the cast did terrible things and it's been sort of ridden with bad luck. This cast, they've all gone on to kill it. Yeah. Like there is at least two Oscars in the future, I'm sure. I think about this, I think the same about skins, you know, like Daniel Kaluuya, Dev Patel, like all these people who are on this teenage this British teenage show showing, like, what real teenage life is like went on to be huge, huge, huge A-list Hollywood stars. And I feel like the same is happening here. Emma Mackey is booked and busy. Shudigart was the new doctor. He's a new Doctor yes. Who. Um, Amy Lee Wood, who plays Amy, she has, like, at least one BAFTA. And she was in a really beautiful movie with Bill Nye called Living, which was nominated for a few Oscars. So, like, they'll be fine and they're killing it. I'm excited to see where it goes next, but I'm happy the show has come to its uh, conclusion. Because you don't like Otis. <laughs> yeah, because I don't like Otis. Um, I am part of the not Otis group chat. <laughs> I think it's like their individual talent paired with also being part of a show that has taken so many risks and was so like... Very risky. Uh, not really the first of its kinds. We've had things like skins and everything in the past, but definitely of this generation as well to be a part of that, those things paired together. I'm excited to see what's ahead. I'm excited to see how it influences future shows, because this show was very not heteronormative. Mm -hmm. It was exploring all different types of um, sexuality, gender identity, um, the interplay between race and gender and sexuality, and how religion comes into that, and then moving into the world of, like, um, the trans experience and stuff like that. And I want that to be the norm, and I think the the future that they were living in, in this utopian university that doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I feel like we could get there as long as shows keep portraying that as if it's normal and not the exception to the rule. Excited to see what's ahead. Exactly. And I think if for nothing else, we have to thank sort of sex education for sort of opening, maybe not opening those doors, but really like barging down the hinges that the doors once sat on. That's beautiful. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Pop Sugar Rush is brought to you by Prime Video. They've got everything from the Continental, an action-packed crime series from the world of John Wick, to The Wheel of Time, your new epic fantasy obsession. And the best part? You can watch it all on your favourite devices. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting primevideo.com. Here are this week's Rushes and Crashes.
Okay, it's time for rushes and crashes. Have you seen Britney Spears' knife dancing video that she posted on Instagram? I've seen all Britney Spears' How could dancing you miss videos. It? How could you miss it? But in case you are listening, one of our rushes, we're singing with the rushies. name. Rushes. <laughs> and you did miss it. Britney Spears posted one of her iconic dancing videos to the gram. Only this time she was dancing with a pair of knives. She is a martial artist now. <laughs> she captioned the video, I started playing with knives today. Don't worry. They are not real knives. Halloween is soon. <laughs> So, wow, I've got queen of calendars. So <laughs> funny. I lo- like watching, observing her Instagram is one of my favourite pastimes in and the has entire been, world. It has been for me for many years. So since then, we have had a bit of a crazy response to, of course, this video. One half of people are saying, this is really concerning. Why is she dancing around throwing knives in the air? There was actually a welfare check sent to her house. The police went there. And so it's kind of just been this mm-hmm. whole kind of drama that has come on from this video. So that is my crash side of it because, you know, it's it just feels like it's kind of never ending everything that Britney with does. Her, Everyone yeah. is just like, oh my God, there's something wrong with her. My rush side to it is that it has now since come out that the knives she was using in the video were just props, mm-hmm. right? And she got them from a shop in LA called the Hand Prop Shop. Very aptly named. Beautiful. And this shop has come forward and said Britney Spears is partially to thank for saving their business. <gasps> they have seen a 50% rise in rental sales for props since she posted that oh on her Instagram. God. So this business that has been struggling throughout all the actors and writer strikes that rent out film, TV props and everything like that. Britney's posted her dancing video, which, by the way, was she was doing it to apparently imitate Shakira at the VMAs. At the VMAs, Stunning, yes. stunning, stunning, stunning. So this business that was struggling has now had this complete turnaround because they've had people calling, where can we get the knives that Britney had? Because people <laughs> obviously love, I know, that's a really strange sentence to think I'd be saying in 2023. But that is why it is my rush and my crash as well, because we love we love to see that in this in this economy. What a philanthropic <laughs> queen. I know. Oh, my God, small support. Small business. That is amazing. (laughs) I will feel perpetually sorry for Britney Spears because of the stuff that she has gone through from the time that I was, like, born um, to now. Like, it's just, like, she just goes through it. And, like, before I sort of form an opinion of her, which, like, I shouldn't be anyway because, like, why do I care? It's not my business. But it's, like, I always try to look at it through the lens of, like, okay, she's gone through an unspeakable amount of trauma that is so unique to her, right? It's such a singular experience. There's probably no one else on the planet that can relate to Britney Spears. And I have to think about the ways that would impact her um, trust, how it would impact her relationships, how it would impact her view of the world. So when Britney Spears is alone in her tiny, tiny little shorts and a crop top and a tattooed on eyeliner, (laughs) dancing around and she's happy, I'm happy for her because that's bringing her happiness. Yeah. And whatever sort of nonsensical <laughs> essay she writes under it is just her, like, expressing her feelings and I am there to just receive it. Yeah. And it's always full of love. It's a bit like, she's a bit like a Kmart mum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She yeah, has yeah. Kmart, Britney Spears, Britney Spears has Kmart mum energy. Kmart mum energy. The second she finds out about Anko, over. It's over for you it's, all. It's over. <laughs> Anko should start selling prop knives. Oh, my God. Okay, wow. <laughs> Just giving them a million dollars. Um, but I feel like people are also, like, they're really touchy around her and they're really sensitive around her and they all think that, you know, she's seconds away from another lapse or, like, you know, some terrible thing, which is 
exactly what was happening before she was put into the conservatorship to begin with. Mm. So clearly we've learned nothing. But I think as long as Britney Spears isn't harming anyone, including herself with these fake knives, (laughs) like she's not, you know, like accidentally twirling too hard and like cutting her shoulder or something, then we should just let her be. Leave Britney alone. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to say that. Leave Britney. <laughs> what was that person's name? Chris Crocker? Was yes. that their name? Yes. Truly ahead of their time. Like, what an icon. The Free Britney stuff I think about a lot because that was reported as a conspiracy theory. So for it to come out and at least from her viewpoint, it'd be true. And the way the world was so quick to turn into supporting her. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's a reminder that celebrity is fickle and your fans will do anything at the drop of a hat. So, you know, there's that. But it also is a reminder that <clears throat> we just need to sort of treat them, treat them as if they're some other being, but treat celebrities as we, as if we don't know them because we don't know them. Yeah. And we don't know what Britney Spears is going through. We can't watch a video of her dancing around her living room <laughs> with her dog, like, standing like, what the hell is <laughs> mummy doing? Um, and put on a mental health diagnosis. Like, hello, she's doing a twirl. Yeah. And she's doing that. She is twirling that twirl. She's, like... She must get dizzy. And also, she always, like, she has a lot of hair. It's always, like, on top of her head. So her head's probably, like, <laughs> leaning back. And she's still, like, and she's still maintaining perfect balance. You know what? It's because she's a pop star. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's a goddamn pop star. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of Pop Sugar Rush. It has been a delight. Ooh, keeping the musical vibes going. I'm just ready to go on holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Jackson Langford or Jackson.Langford. I forget which one's which. And I'm on Instagram at star with a double R, MCG, and on TikTok just star with a double R. And we have no group (laughs) chats that exclude anyone else in this podcast. So we're real friends, guys. And make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. We miss you already. And be sure to follow Pop Sugar AU on Instagram and TikTok to keep the rush going because we're fun. We are. And make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. We miss you already and I guess we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.